0: Hi everybody, welcome to this week's episode of Warrior of the Board, a horror podcast we watch a randomly selected horror movie every week. I'm Bob. And I'm Ben. Stop mocking me, you son of a bitch! Are we opening <laughs> with that? What the hell? I didn't say anything. They didn't know until you spoiled the surprise. There was no surprise! I look over giving the intro and you're just mocking my ass. What the hell, man? Oh my lord. Alright, we're getting off to a good note, I guess. Jesus Christ. How have you been, Ben? It's warm here now. So that's oh my something Lord, is. Is I don't handle heat well. So this is like the beginning of the end. You know it's hot when I have iced coffee rather than hot coffee. That's how you know. You've got a fucking jug of peak, gold peak tea. Yes. Fair enough, honestly. But yeah, it's been fine. I mean, it's, again, the end of the semester, so I'm slowly dying inside. Fair enough. And also, a bunch of people have called into work this week repeatedly. So there's been like no one there to help. Man, that must suck. Yeah. It's been rough. That must really suck, Ben. Yeah, Bob's acting you. like an asshole because he was one of those people. I'm not acting like an asshole. I just, you know, I haven't felt good, so I was like, I'm not gonna go into work. So I didn't go. Yeah, I'm that's a likely story. Yeah, okay, whatever, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> one of the people Bob plays games with one of the people we work with. And he I, he walked up to me and he was like, Is Bob here? And I was like, No. And he was like, Yeah, that sounds about right. We were playing games and I was like, you know, you should probably get off right now. And Bob was just like Nah, <laughs> yep, nah. Look, I've I've been big chilling. I've been big cheese, big big cheese. No, I mean I just haven't felt very good the last couple of days, and I just got all my stuff back. I haven't like not been there in like nine months, so I was like, you know what? I'll take the next two days. I'll work on some side stuff. I'll pick up some cool art, which we're gonna talk about in a minute, and then uh, I'll chill. So yeah, I've just, yeah. just been I've just been chilling, working on side project stuff, mostly this podcast, T B H. All right, <sighs> all right. Well, I think that means we can talk about the movies now. Yeah, we'll move on to the movie section of the podcast. I'll save the art for later. We'll talk about it after or something. I'm gonna forget probably, but that's fine. So where are we sitting, Benjamin? How many how many spots do we have left in each category? Uh, You know, off top of your head, or do you have to pull up your notes? I don't know. He's pulling up his notes. We've done four. Yeah, well, I can see the sticky notes behind you. We've done four. Why didn't you say that? Because I was asking how many. That means we have five spots left. But each category, how many spots in each one? Oh. That's what you were asking. That was what I was asking. Sorry, oh. I it wasn't that I clear. Oh, my bad. No. Uh, the first spot has two, which is Wawa West. Wawa West has two. Okay. The second spot has two, and the third spot, well, second spot was Japanese okay. uh, horror, and then the third spot is Lovecraftian horror, and that has what? one. Hmm. Do I finish, H.P. Lovecraft stories today? You could. Three weeks in a row, H.P. Lovecraft. Because we've apparently had such a good time. I play around with this bit, but I know for a fact you won't choose the same (laughs) category three weeks in a row. Absolutely not. Because you're obstinate about stuff like that? I am. It's something about me. I just have to. Japanese horror was interesting last time, to say the least. (laughs) (laughs) To say the minimum, I was interested. You know what? I'm tired of watching horny movies. I'm over it. I'm tired of this horny bullshit with... It uh, really has been like HP Lovecraft. Stories. Horny movies three, three weeks, weeks in, in a row. Because Tetsuo, too. Yeah, horny movie. And then from beyond horny movie. And then we didn't even really get into how horny fucking Castle Freak was in the episode because we were just I was done with it. To yeah, be honest. You were really low energy. It was a hard episode to record. It was a hard episode to record. It came out better than I thought it would. I thought it turned out fine. It turned out fine. I carried that on my back. Uh well, you know. Maybe my obstinance helped a little bit, so I think I'm gonna make us return to the Wild Wild West, Benjamin. We haven't been there since the start of the show. Ah, uh, manifest Destiny. the start of the show, start of the season. Yeah. So you know, I wanna I wanna have a return, and hopefully it's a better movie than The Wind. That's all I want. That's like if that's the bar, the bar is at the floor, dude. Well, then that was a great way to start, right? We lowered the bar, so you are like, "Wow, I that I wanted a good movie." But if we had started with a banger, I would have been excited. Yeah, but then think about how how rough the wind would have been. Yeah, you're right. Oh my gosh, if we had gotten all the way to the end of the wind was our last episode, that really would have taken the wind out of our sails. Okay, so that was a funny um, joke, man, Bob, turn your mic off. Turn and... my mic off. I was waiting. Like, what I... <laughs> <laughs> what spot do you want? For, that was a funny uh, joke. It was a good The Wild, one. Wild Wild West. I might I wanted to edit in like a boons <laughs> right there, but I don't I I left it in cuz I was going to put uh, I don't know, man. I uh, <laughs> I've given up. Let's see. What do I have? 1 and 2 or 1 yeah, and 3? 1 and 2. 3 was the wind. 3 was the wind. So, spot 1. You know what? I want two. I want a good movie. Good movie will be in spot number 1. Well, that's not true. It could be, but that Good movie spot number 1 necessarily ben. true. Cuz right. it's number 1. Is that what you are choosing? Yeah, Final sure. answer? Yep. Positive? Absolutely. You sure? Yeah, Ben. You don't want to do two instead? No, I'm going to do one, you fuck. Okay. Today, watching Bone Tomahawk. Bone Tomahawk. Bone Tomahawk. This doesn't even sound like it has to be a horror movie. This just sounds like it could be anything. Bone Tomahawk. Bone Tomahawk. All right. Not to be confused with a hatchet or an axe. The Tomahawk. <laughs> I'm going to fucking throat chop you. <laughs> All right. You want the description? Yeah, what is Bone Tomahawk about? A sheriff gathers a posse to rescue the town's doctor. This just sounds like an actual Western. (laughs) And that sounds fun. Yeah. All right, Benjamin, let's fucking go. Let's watch some, let's hear about Bone Tomahawk. All right, it's a 2015 film. Wow. Okay. It's two hours and 12 minutes long. (laughs) Whoa, that's the longest movie we watched in a while. Yeah. Last one we watched like that was like The Exorcist, and that was like two and a half. It's uh, not rated. That's a dub for me, I think. Well, that just means they didn't get it rated anywhere. Yeah. Which can mean anything. Well, it's not PG 13, so I'm less scared. Fair enough. You're yeah. kryptonite. PG 13 movie. I'm telling you, they are, they are my kryptonite. Every PG 13 movie we've seen has been a horrific experience. Review score IMDb gave it a 7.1 out of 10. Tomato Meter is a whopping 91%. Oh! And audience score is a 74%. Okay, look, so, if I don't like this movie, I'm wrong. There's a range of pretty good to great on this film. Awards. It has nine wins and 20 nominations. This is, look, okay, we finally, listen, Ben, it's like we're prospectors in the Wild West and we've hit a gold mine. Yeah, if I'm going to be fully honest here for you and the audience, this is the movie where I was like, I want to watch this movie. I'm going to make a whole category around this theme. That's awesome. I'm really excited now. It's been a while since we've watched a really, really, really good movie. So, first one. Amerian Western Film Festival in 2016 gave it the Grand Jury Award to Freddie Woff, the production designer, Caliber Media Company, a production company, and the Fizz Facility uh, production company for technical artistic contribution to the Western genre. Next one's the Buenos Aires International Festival of Independent Cinema in 2016 gave it the Best Feature Film Award. In the avant-garde and genre category, to S. Craig Zoller. Holy fuck. Uh, it received a Fangoria Chainsaw Award in 2016 to Kurt Russell for Best Actor. Kurt Russell's in this? Oh, yeah. Holy shit. Next one. Fright Meter Award in 2015 for Best Makeup. which Bob loves some makeup. I do like makeup. It's very, very cool. Gerard Film Festival Award in twenty sixteen, they got the Grand Prize for Best Film. The Native American Film Festival of the Southeast twenty fifteen award to Raw Labor for Best Actor. Once again, the Sitges Catalonian International Film Festival oh, it's back in twenty fifteen gave an award to S. Craig Zahler uh, for Best Director. The same you know festival, in the same year, uh, also gave the Official Fantastique Competition Award to S. Craig Zahler for Best Director as well. People love this movie. And finally, the same one, the Catalonian Film Festival in the same year, gave the Jose Luis Guarana Critic Award to S. Craig Zoller. The director of this movie. Yeah. Won so many awards for this shit. Yeah. They're director awards, you know. Fair enough. Alright. Notable actors. Kurt Russell as Sheriff Hunt. Hell yes. I love Kurt Russell. Let's well, just start with that. Kurt Russell is a good actor. But it helps that he's the main character in, like, one of my favorite horror movies of all time, which is, Bob, you should know this. I don't know anything Kurt Russell was in, but I know some of your favorite horror movies, horror- Candyman. No. Is really high up there for you. Yeah, I knew it's that. it's not Candyman. What the fuck is Kurt Russell in? Come on, Bob. Well, it's not Train to Busan. That's no. a Korean movie. It's from 1982. 1982? It came from outer space, and then it landed in the Arctic. Oh! Where it froze. Oh, my God. And then God, Kurt the Russell... Thing. <laughs> I I was like, takes scotch Kurt, and pours it on a computer. Kurt Russell in that is a horror movie. The thing, yeah, yeah he's RJ McCready in the thing. Yeah, I forgot. I on God, I forgot that was Kurt Russell until just now. Mm-hmm. I have not seen that movie in years. Because you're afraid. It's a good Very movie though. Afraid. What do I remember? Patrick Wilson as Arthur. Do you know Patrick Wilson? You should. The name is really really familiar. Not necessarily by like name, but by face. Uh, he's Ed Warden in the Conjuring franchise. Oh, uh-huh. I know who that is. As well as Josh Lambert in the Insidious franchise. Yeah, I haven't seen either of those, but I know his face. Yeah. He's, I know exactly he's very who famous. you're talking about. He was in like both Humongous Paranormal Yeah, things back in the The only early thing 20s. he missed out on was Paranormal Activity, I think. I think so, but even then, The Conjuring and Insidious are not even arguably. They are definitely better franchises. Oh, for sure, for sure, but I'm saying like big franchises of that period. Those are the first three I think of. Is Paranormal <laughs> yeah. Activity, Insidious, and the conjuring, but paranormal activity is much older. It is, but not it's much still older. Like, but like, it's in the 90s where this was the teens. My thing is, it was still around at the time. Like they were still making movies for yeah. it. It was still popular. I'm, People still I'm talk pretty sure about they're it. They're still making paranormal activity movies, right? I don't know. Who knows? They won't let it. They're making a dies. new Insidious movie. We haven't yeah. talked about that yet. <laughs> Even though crazy. that franchise was over. Yeah. You want to talk about that for a minute? Well, Absolutely not. It scares me. <laughs> oh. Uh, basically, they ended the, the franchise in a way that was a decent wrap-up, and I don't know how they're going to continue it. I'm almost positive this is about to be a prequel. See, uh, A prequel to the last movie, which was a prequel to the original movie. Yeah, but they've already done a prequel to that movie. Oh, my God, but, have they? Yeah, the timeline's really weird. Oh, Lord, okay. All right, next one. Matthew Fox as Bruder plays Dr. Jack Shepard from Lost. I haven't seen Lost. Uh, well, he was on 119 episodes. Now, you would know him. I'd assume you know him. As Racer X in the Speed Racer movie. Oh, okay. I do know <laughs> yeah. That. yeah. Such a bad movie. It's a bad movie, but I watched it as a kid and I liked it. I watched all the original Speed Racer cartoons as a kid. See, I didn't watch so those. We have them on DVD. Oh, okay. Uh, Richard Jenkins as Chickory. Uh, he also plays Sitterson in Cabin in the Woods. I haven't seen that either. As well as uh, Giles in Shape of the Water. Lily Simmons as Samantha. Uh, she's played Rebecca Bowman from Banshee. She was in 36, 37 episodes. Our main man, David Arquette, as Purvis. Oh my god, he's in this? Holy shit! I haven't seen him since the first episode. Yep, first episode, he played Chris McCormick at Eight-Legged Freaks. Yeah, man, holy shit. It's weird to have him back, what, how many episodes later? Uh, this is 25. This is 25, holy shit, we're almost to 50. And I mean, that's not counting holidays, right? That's not but counting holidays and shit, yeah. 25, 25th official episode of the podcast. Yep, full loop. Now, do you know what Rohit's famous for? You should. Uh, no, Bob. What? I know you've seen this movie. What is it? He's he's, Dewey Riley in Scream. Oh, he's in Scream. Yeah, he's the the cop, the dopey one. Oh, you know I haven't seen Scream. Have you not? We've talked. Oh, I I remember you, the... you. just know how Scream goes. This is the third time this week Ben has asked me if I've heard it. If I know like uh, bleh, if uh, I see Scream. <laughs> third time this week, Ben. Every, like, I shit you not. Monday, you asked me, hey, do you know how Scream ends? I was like, yeah, I haven't seen it, but I know how it ends. Bastard man. Wednesday, you asked me, hey, have you seen Scream? And I went, no, we talked about this on Monday. But I didn't ask you Thursday or Friday. (laughs) You didn't ask me Thursday or Friday, but you asked me today. You weren't there. Jesus Uh, Christ. Sid Haig, as Buddy. Should I know who that is? You wouldn't. Okay. Okay. But he's probably in the most famous Rob Zombie movie. Oh. Uh, House of a Thousand Corpses. I want to watch he's that really bad. Captain Spaulding. I think this is a story that will come up eventually when we do House of a Thousand Corpses. But I think it was for my 21st birthday. My friends got me a House of a Thousand Corpses themed birthday cake. That's awesome. I'm going to save that story. Okay. We're going to have to we, read We'll save it. We do that. Well, I, that's a movie that I've ta- expressed interest in watching, so we'll watch it eventually. Oh, Rob Zombie is a genre unto himself. You could choose Rob Zombie as I know. a category. I've thought about a it. Category. I've absolutely thought about it. Watching more Halloween movies. That's not why I'm choosing it. That's not why I want to choose it. James Tolkien as the pianist. He plays Mr. Strickland in Back to the Future, The Bald Dude. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You know you're talking about? Yeah. Actually, I rewatched the original Back to the Future recently what do you think i've been doing the last two days i watched i watched it uh thursday night i don't think you want me to answer that question (laughs) oh well yeah fair enough uh zon mclarnon as the professor he plays a character who i think you're gonna love the name of okay crow daddy (laughs) crow daddy and dr sleep which is the sequel to (laughs) do you know oh um not is it the sixth sense no No, it's the other one with that same actor, right? I'll give you a hint. I'm wearing a t-shirt for that movie right now. Wait, what? The Shining. That's a sequel to The Shining? Yeah. Dr. Sleep's the sequel to The Shining. Oh, I was thinking of Dr. Glass. There's no Dr. Glass. There's Glass. Glass. Uh, Yeah, whatever that is. Which is a sequel to Split. Which is a sequel to Unbreakable. Unbreakable. That's what it was. Not Sixth Sense. But isn't, isn't the dude Unbreakable and Sixth Sense the same guy? Yeah. Yeah. I thought so. Doesn't mean they're the same movie. No, but that's why I got them confused. Oh yeah, that's why. No other reason. Uh <laughs> What are you? Are you harassing me? Jesus yeah, Christ! I didn't get to do it at work for. It's true. It's five bi- out of five days. It's built up. So it's so built Ben's up. Angry. Uh, Sean Young as Miss Porter plays Rachel and Blade Runner as well as Chani and Dune. I haven't seen either of those. I assume you mean the new Blade Runner. No, the original. Yeah. Okay. The original is Blade Runner. The new one's Blade Runner twenty forty nine. See, I didn't know which was so which. So if I said Blade Runner twenty forty nine, I'd mean the new one. I didn't know which was which. That's why. Also, asked. I'll usually specify like if something has the same name. Yeah. Like Halloween and Halloween, I'll tell you Halloween twenty what eighteen? Like yeah. Sixteen. Well, like, and I don't do that on the episodes unless it's like specific. Like, um, I had for this last week's episode, I had to write Castle Freak nineteen ninety five because it was a twenty twenty remake. Yeah, I know, but I'm I'm telling you, like, if you ever. If there's any confusion, I'll tell you which one I'm talking about. Okay, good. That's useful. Jameson Newlander as the mayor. Okay. He's played Alan Frog in The Lost Boys, as well as Anthony in The Blob, the 1988 one. Oh, man. We haven't got to watch that yet, but I want to really bad. Well, they're both good, but for anyone who hasn't seen the 1988 Blob, if the original one is like a cheesy kind of black-and-white 50s monster movie, the 88 one is like cosmic body horror. Bob's Yikes. favorite. I, nice and I, pink. I we've expressed want to wa- I've expressed want to watch that movie like really bad. Well yeah, you were like I think it was uh season two where you suggested we do what slimes. Oh yeah, I am my category for season two good. was almost was almost Nickelodeon. I wanted slime movies. It's a good category. Slammed. At least I think it's a good category. That's funny. Uh, writer director, S. Craig Zoller. He wrote and directed. He also has done Drag to Cost concrete. In 2018, so he did that. You know, after this, not familiar with that one, but no, neither not. am I. Uh, budget for this film uh, is estimated at uh, 1.8 million. That so is pretty a decent. Big budget compared to everything we've been watching lately. Uh, but it only has a box office of 475,846 dollars. Ooh, that feels bad. Yeah, but that's how it is sometimes. Yeah. Country of origin: United States. Now, this is the directorial debut of S. Craig Zoller, and I think this is kind of an interesting point. That I found when I was researching the movie and didn't know beforehand. He's written a bunch of Western novels before he did this movie. Whoa, okay. Like, that's just kind of something he does a lot of. I think that's kind of cool. That is really cool. Now, addressing like that low kind of box office, the film has a low box office due to its limited release. From what I could find, and I'm not sure like how accurate this number is because I'm not sure like how much time they're counting for. Okay. But for home media sales... The number I found was $4.32 million earned. Okay. So that's doubling the budget. Yeah, doubling the budget. Just in home sales. Yeah. Like, that's pretty solid, honestly. Limited release movie. So it wasn't going to make good box office. It's limited release, but, like, from what I can tell, people like it. So, like, people are going to recommend it to their friends and going to go out and buy it. I mean, hell, you probably bought it. I'm going to buy it. Yeah, you're about to buy it. I I mean, I thought I should mention that. So, like, this didn't perform well, Mm -hmm. or it didn't perform badly. Yeah, that's Sometimes good. box office can be confusing. It can be a little misleading depending on how the film is actually released and stuff. Uh, but, I, yeah, I'm not sure um, for how long they count home media sales. I would assume for as long as it's available. <sighs> it makes sense to me at least. I'd assume there's a set period, right? Maybe. Because you can't count it forever, right? Yeah, that's fair enough. Because this came out in 2015. They're not counting it now. No, no one's fucking I'd counting it I'd assume it's now. probably like a year because that's probably when you're getting the most sales. Probably. It's a year after home media release. Mm-hmm. Last kind of pre-movie fact, because I only had three. Uh, Zoller was inspired to write the screenplay for Bone Tomahawk after it was suggested by his manager slash producer, Dallas Sonier, just a friend of his as well. His manager uh, said that he should adapt one of his own novels, specifically his book Race of the Broken Land, which is his 2013 novel. It's also a Western. And Zoller kind of liked the idea of writing and like directing his own like Western movie because obviously like that's what he I mean yeah when you write writes, a book you're essentially just doing that except with words instead of a camera but he decided not to adapt that book because it would have cost too much money mm, and he okay. didn't think he could do it on the budget he would be able to get so he decided to go a different route and he wrote this film which could be shot on a lower budget than his novel that's nice that's good i'm glad i'm glad that the director had some foresight to go I know I can't make what I want with that amount of money, so I'm going to make something I know I can make. Yeah. Instead of being too, um, what's what I'm looking for? Like um, setting your goals too high? Yeah. And like trying to do something you know would be hard and just doing it easier and making a better end product. I appreciate that. I think it's cool to just like have an idea for something and instead of just like saying, no, I'm not going to do that, adapting it. Yeah, for sure. And I think that speaks to the director's strength as a director, being able to adapt on the spot and do, do what they best can with the budget they have. Yeah. But um that's all I got. So, are you ready to get into this movie? Yeah, sure. I uh I guess we'll see you guys after the movie. Hi everybody. Welcome back. We just finished watching Bone Tomahawk. I don't remember the name of the movie for a now second. You got to say it right. Bone Tomahawk. Yeah, Bone Tomahawk. Bone. <laughs> Before we like discuss plot and everything, did you like it? Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah I liked it. <laughs> that was a pause. Well, I thought about it for a second, and I was like, I liked it, but, you know, there's some stuff I would change that I that I have issues with, I guess. Okay. We'll see. Not that it was bad, because we have just discussed this beforehand. I think, at the minimum, we both enjoyed ourselves. Oh, I loved it. I thought it was fun. Yeah. At the minimum, we both had a good time. So, you know. Okay. We'll see. All right. Then I'm just going to do a quick rundown of the the plot here. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. There's not a lot to the plot of this movie. No. It's a very simple plot. I mean, I'm going to be honest. With the description you gave at the start, that's the whole plot. Yeah. So westerns, just like as a genre of movie, tend to be pretty formulaic. Yeah. And there's like a couple different types, but one of the big ones is like a rescue type western, mm-hmm. where the idea is someone's missing, and we're going to get a posse together and go get them. Mm-hmm. And that's what this is. And that's basically the whole premise of the movie is some random people come in the town. We're not really sure who at first. They kill a stable hand and they abduct. She's a, one of the women who lives in town, but she's like the doctor's helper. Yeah. She's a medic, essentially. The deputy mm-hmm. and an outlaw they're kind of mm-hmm. messing with because they shot him in the leg. That's why the doctor's there. And so everyone finds them missing the next morning. And a posse is rounded up by the sheriff, Sheriff Hunt, who's played by Kurt, Kurt Russell. Russell. Uh, and who else? It's Bruder, who's definitely a sociopath. He dresses in all white. Bit of a crazy man. Yeah. Uh, he is very distinctly, I think, the biggest character thing we learn about him. Racist. <laughs> but Yes, but it's the 1890s, and that's a given. Yeah. I was going to say, he specializes in killing Native Americans. That is his thing. That's his thing. The other people is Miss- Mr. Mc- McDowell? Is that his name? McDowell? O'Dwyer. O'Dwyer. His That's name is Arthur is. O'Dwyer. And his wife is who has been taken. Yeah. she's So he's person. like, I have to go. And then finally, my favorite character in the I whole film. Also my favorite. Chicory. Chicory. Very funny. He is the backup deputy. <laughs> and he's <laughs> the constantly going. Deputy. In the backup deputy's opinion. Yeah. <laughs> he. <laughs> giving unsolicited advice. He's a very loyal deputy, but he's A, very old. Very old. And also has no social awareness. No Like, at all. It's awesome. And it's very funny. Very, very funny. Such a good He's character. also just, like, a klutz. So good. So good. But basically, most of the film, I think the first 20 minutes is that setup, up, and the rest of the film is these people going to go find the three missing individuals from mm-hmm. their town. Um, yeah. Their town of New Hope. The really only kind of change on this classic rescue mission-style formula for this Western is who is doing, like, the kidnapping. Yeah, for sure. That's what really makes this a horror movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. So the people doing the kidnapping are Native Americans, which sounds stereotypical in a bad way. Yeah, for sure. But the film does something interesting. So they come into town, and they know it's these pe- this group— ...by these arrowheads, Mm -hmm. and they have a Native American man living in town... ...who basically comes up, looks at the arrow, and he's like... ...yeah, these aren't Native Americans. These are the weird inbred cannibals that live in these hills... ...that no one likes. Even the Native Americans avoid them. Uh, And I think they start calling them troglodytes. Yeah. Which means cave dweller. Mm -hmm. I I just thought that was an interesting way to handle it. Oh, for sure. It's definitely more interesting than just being like... ...oh yeah, these Native Americans kidnapped our people. But it's also... Slightly less offensive than going, yeah. Oh, these Native Americans and they're cannibals. It's going completely fair. Here's these people. Here's an actual Native American man going, they're not Native Americans, they they're just are horrible people that live in this cave. Yeah, but this group's interesting because we do get to see them at the end of the movie. Shocker, yeah. there's a big climax. But besides the fact that they're cannibals, they use solely bone based like weaponry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so bone tomahawks, which bone are arrowheads. really cool. Bone arrowheads, bone like um, jewelry. Knives. Uh, one of the coolest things they have is slight spoiler, but whatever. They have these bone whistles. Yeah, and you can hi- you can hear these uh, these guys shrieking. It's the only noise you hear them. make the whole movie. They mm-hmm. don't talk. And what they've done is they've inserted this bone whistle into their throats. So when they scream, it shrieks. It's very cool. It's, it's really very cool. very cool. But yeah, basically they they're tracking these people down. They find them, and there's a big.
1: Kerfuffle. Kerfuffle.
0: But that's basically the whole movie. There's there's not a lot to it because, again, pretty stereotypical Western. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. <laughs> I think we're mostly going to be discussing it from this point on, if you're yes. okay with that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, there's some stuff I want to talk about. There is some stuff I want to talk about, too. I got some notes down before the movie. Okay. Um, Like, things that came up in my research. If you want me to ask those first. And then sure, we can, we can get leave with that, and then we can come back to other stuff if we need to. So... The first one is Zoller, the director, has described this film as a direct Western and not like a Western horror movie. And I agree. Do you agree? I was going to I want to talk about that. Okay. what are your thoughts there? I could see how it is a horror movie. I did not find it scary. Mm -hmm. It leans way harder into the Western aspect. Yes, it does. But the fact that these are like inbred, weird, cannibal Native Americans leans further into horror and also the way they look. They're very intimidating and meant to be scary. They're almost inhuman. Almost inhuman in in a way. Yeah, exactly. The only thing that really gives it horror is the beginning when they're like hunting. But they're stalking. When they're stalking. During the cold open. During the cold open when they're stalking. That's scary. And the only other thing that makes it really horror-esque for me is the blood and the gore. Yeah. And the guts and stuff. But even then, I honestly would just go, that's just a gritty western. Like, I don't. Do you watch a lot of westerns? Or have you seen some? Yeah, dude. My grandpa loved westerns. That was a big thing for me as a kid. Just making sure you have a background here. Was watching westerns with my grandpa, because that was what he liked. So at least for me, I could see this as a horror film, but I think it leans way more into western. No, yeah, I agree. I think it leans much more into western. However, I would disagree with the director, Mm because he says it's just a western. No, I wouldn't say it's just a western. There are horror elements in this. I would say like it's a western movie that its subtrope is horror, rather than a horror movie where the subtrope is western. Completely fair. Just because I think the antagonists of the troglodytes are almost like mystical in a sense that I would mm-hmm. normally associate with like horror movie villains. Completely. Like they don't seem I completely human. agree. Yes. And totally. I think adding that element to a film that for the most part is a stereotypical western gives it that horror edge. Oh yeah. Not even the the blood and gore. It's who's doing it. This movie. Now a, it is a gritty. I was western. about to say this is a gruesome movie. Like, it it has all the things you'd expect from a gritty Western. Like, people take one hit and it's like, you're done. They get annihilated. You're done. And that's yeah. it. Because we don't have medicine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's the first one I wanted to talk about. The second one is about budgetary restrictions. Okay. So apparently, a substantial amount of the content from the original script did not make it to the screen. Because they just didn't have the money to film it. Okay. And so my question here is two-parter. Did you pick up on any of that? Uh, like, would you have liked to see that content, or did you think it was fine as it is right now? Because keep in mind, this movie was two hours and twelve minutes long—a long movie. I didn't miss anything. No, I didn't feel like I was missing anything. The only thing that maybe I would say could have been longer is not longer, but I guess there could have just been more content in general. Uh, I don't know how much I want to spoil. Basically, near the end of the film, I, I just wish the the end was longer. The climax. The climax was longer. Where basically where the kerfuffle is. Where the kerfuffle could have been more. Yeah. And that's my only thing. But even then, I think it was enough. Yeah. I I think the film's fine how it is right now. I think it's fine, yeah. I think it's completely fine. I do think that there's probably some stuff missing from the kerfuffle. cuz I think it's a there funny There were some weird cuts. It. It's not even just that. It's like, for how gritty this film is, the kerfuffle seems very... Tame? Not tame, but quick. Yeah. And precise. In a way that feels a little odd. Yeah, because a lot of the other violence in this film is very grueling and like uh, the long. film's a drawn out film. So having yeah. the the fights feel quick and short, even if they're gritty and that does make sense, feels a little bit tonally off. Completely fair. The other thing I was going to note, content might be missing from the a lot of the film is them traveling. Yeah. And I think there's probably a good amount of content that was removed from the traveling sequences, like conversations. Even though there's Sites. tons of conversations. Oh, it, there's tons, and me and Bob were losing our shit most of the movie because is <laughs> so just talking the whole time, and it's he very funny. He does not shut the fuck up. It's very funny. It's awesome. But I I guess what I'm saying is, while I don't notice that content missing, on, like, review, I could be like, there could be stuff here. Sure, fair enough. And I think it would be interesting to see. I think the movie's fine as it is now. Yeah. But, you know. You know what is really, really cool about this movie? What? Unless you, unless you have more talking points you want to go to Those right now. Those are my the ones I wrote down before. Okay, it's like here's some research. Let's actually hash this out. Go ahead. Okay, cool. You know what's really awesome about this movie, and and I think this comes from the fact that the dude who wrote this was an author before he was someone who wrote. Oh, screenplays for movies. This is the thing we were talking about during the movie, right? No, this is some similar but okay. not the same. You go ahead, and I'll do that one. Zoller's the guy's name, the director, yeah, writer director. When he, the cool thing about this is, you know. In real life, in real conversation, not everything you say is important. Yep. And what is so cool about this movie and something I love is, in most movies, and we talk about this a lot, everything that is said or mentioned has some importance. If it's there, it's there for a reason. What is it? Chekhov's gun? Chekhov's gun, yeah. Where Basically, where there's smoke, there's fire. Yeah, and I think in most movies, that adds a sense of artificialness. Yes. It's like everything's important, everything makes sense. hmm And that's not how real life is. No. And you know what this movie does an awesome job of? None of that. None Literally, of it. none of that. None of it. Everything that comes out of Chickory's mouth is nonsense. Oh, it's nonsense. Has nothing nonsense. to do with anything, which makes this feel so. I don't want to say light, but it adds just a sense of like, oh yeah, these are just guys chit chatting on the trail because they, they, they have nothing like else to do. Real people. They feel so real. Like Chickory seems like a real kook. <laughs> He's just a real old man, and the sheriff is just the coldest, hardest motherfucker. Yeah. The whole time, and it's they feel like caricatures of. People in a western movie. (laughs) In a western movie, but they've been personified to be real. Yeah, in a not artificial way. They they seem real. Yeah, like if you took that character tribe and made it into a a person, a person, a real living person, and it is so fucking good. Yeah, I I I agree, and I'm going to jump off this to something we were talking about during the movie. And I again, I think it has to do with the fact that we talked about Zoller being a western author. Like he writes novels. You can tell in his writing for this film. That that's what he does. Yeah. So the the interesting thing that I picked up on immediately about Zoller's writing style yeah, is he writes like he's writing a novel. Exactly. So most of the jokes and humor and puns are all in the dialogue and, like, naming of things. Yeah. So, first of all, some of the dialogue is goofy for no reason. And it's, it's very funny. It's so funny. funny. And it's it's very interesting to notice because there's like no visual gags in this movie. Yeah, it's there's basically almost none. All dialogue. Yeah. Like that's it's where just it is. Which is Very different from most films. Like you can tell that this is a, a writer coming at this film. For sure. The other one that's really funny is like he names stuff funky. What is it? The um the learned, <laughs> the goat? learned goat, the is bar the they go the to. The local tavern. Oh my god. In New Hope, Bright Hope. Is it Bright Hope? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, yeah it's just an interesting thing to see because I'm not used to seeing that type of I'm gonna call it style yeah but it, it's very distinct it is really and really I think distinct. that's why uh, we talk about how like the dialogue for characters seems so good it is and is I enjoy it a lot I think that's why Chicory's so funny is because it's mm-hmm. coming from this place of I need to entertain people with just dialogue during like these long because mm-hmm. like ends. it's a slow movie oh yeah and I don't really have that many complaints because I was entertained the entire time. At no point was I going, oh, this is boring. I was going, man, Chickory's lines are funny. <laughs> and I was like, okay, all yeah, right, fair enough. Yeah, I was kind of in the same boat, although I will say it's long. It is long. And if you don't like that, it can be a bit of a slog. Yeah. yeah. Especially if you don't find Chickory funny, you're going to fucking hate it. Because yeah. that, like, that is the the saving grace for these long periods of them just walking and talking. Well, because he talks for most of the film. Yeah, he's uh, just him Most of the characters don't talk besides Chickory. <laughs> Chickory's just talking, and it's other characters telling him to shut the fuck up. Uh, with that being said, what do you want to talk about, Bob? So I wanted to bring up the fact that I think something the fact that a writer, someone who writes novels writes this lend lends itself to the fact that I am of the opinion that the the gang of characters on the mission to go and find these people is, quite honestly, the perfect, the perfect mix of people, the perfect gang of people because you have it's just such a like, I don't know, classic western posse in my opinion. You have the cold, the cold sheriff, mm-hmm. who is a very serious character and trying, you know, to do the right thing and be the good guy. You have his kooky side assistant, yep. who is the comic relief, right? You have the everyman who's just there to save his wife, and then you've got the crazy guy. I wouldn't call him the crazy guy. I'd call him the uh, dangerous out of towner. Yeah, uh, mostly I would say the only other character that I would say would fit would be like the outlaw type, yeah. which is kind of what Bruder feels is well, like the gunman, the gunman, yeah, the yeah. lone gunman. It's such a good cast of characters because they all bounce off of each other so well. Yeah, I mean they're those characters are tropes for a reason. Exactly. And, and that I, it goes to show the strength of the writer when you can take a trope and do something worthwhile with it that exactly. doesn't feel overdone. That's my whole thing, is like, yes, this is a western in a lot of the tropes in the different things that we see, but they're just taken above and beyond by a lot of the dialogue and a lot of the character interactions to a point that I'm like, wow, while this is derivative of other westerns and other types of media, it doesn't feel that way. No, it feels pretty good. It feels unique enough to still have all these tropes, but also be entertaining. Do you have anything else to add, Bob? No. No, okay. I have none of those. Then I have one more point. All right. <laughs> Hit me. Uh, yeah. So, I have one big problem with this movie. Oh, okay. Like, one pretty major problem with this movie. And this is... Too. Wait, you do? Yeah. Why don't you say yours first? Because you were opening with yours. But... I asked you if you had any points to make, and well, you were like, no, well, I have no points. I have points, but I wanted them to come naturally. And now they can, because you've started the conversation of what we don't you. like about this I movie. I hate you. I hate you with a passion. No, you don't. It burns like the sun. No, it doesn't. We're like, burns on my skin. <laughs> um, Shut up. Sorry, this is still a long movie, and I'm kind of out of it. Me too, man. Good, but it was just... Yeah, yeah it's long. Anyways. I have one problem with this movie, and it's a big problem for me because it's an issue I see in a lot of media sometimes. Okay, and I I don't want to point at this film and say they did a bad job, mm. uh, because I I understand why it was this way because it's like it's a problem I have that I know it's hard to fix. So I, I just want to give that like disclaimer first. Sure, but my big issue with this film was sets and costuming. Oh, really? Okay, this yes. is not something that I thought you were going to bring up. I'm really interested now, now. what did you think about the sets and costuming? It was fine. Thought it was fine? Yeah. Yeah. It was fine. I thought they did a good job of building sets and I thought they did a good job of building costumes. I think they looked well put together. Yeah. My issue here is that things looked too artificial. Mm, I did catch that a little bit when we got to uh, Hunt's house. Yeah. So, at the beginning of the movie, we're in the town Mm-hmm. You call it Bright Hope, right? Yeah, it's Bright Hope. Okay. Everything looks new. Yes. And unused. Everyone's clothes look new and clean. Yep. The best costuming, I think, in the film is at the end when everyone's been wearing these clothes for mm-hmm. a while and they're dirty. Because to me, that's more realistic. You have clothes that are worn, mm-hmm. they look kind of scuffed. I mean, you live in a dry ass desert. Yeah. And it's poor. You're going to have used equipment. Your, the people's pots in their homes Dude. were unscuffed. Mm-hmm. These were clean. You want to know the biggest glaring one that I saw? What? That opening shot of Bright Hope where it's just like a pan across like the main street or whatever. Mm-hmm. It looks like a western theme amusement park. Yes. And that's a big issue I have with certain properties because when you make equipment or costumes or stuff like that for a movie, you mm-hmm. buy it new yeah. usually. And so it's new, and it looks new, and unless you go ahead and go the extra mile to, like, scuff it up, it looks so artificial, and it's one of those things that bugs me. Fair enough. Um, No, I totally understand that. One of the—we're going to go reference a whole different genre here—series that really bugs me with that, Rings of Power does that pretty badly. Oh, my lord. Uh, With costuming. Yeah. I've heard this complaint. (laughs) Like, any issue with Rings of Power aside that anyone might have, you can go look at pictures of some of the costumes, and they're too clean? In a way that makes... And it's really bad in fantasy when you do that because they look like cosplay. Yeah, I know what you mean. I don't know. It's it's one of those things that bugs me. I understand why it's hard to go that extra mile because it takes time to scuff things up and make it look used. And if you're doing a film on $1.8 million, mm-hmm. you don't have that extra time to go in and be like, all right, this is my house. Let me throw dust everywhere and like mm-hmm. burn these pots and pans and stuff. Yeah. So I don't want to say it's like... Me levying, like, a big complaint against this movie. I mean, can I be honest? It's not that hard. It's not. Like, you know how... Look, okay, so for to preface this statement, I worked in theater for a long time. Not a long time. A couple years. And I propped a lot of shows. Oh, did you? Yes. I know so, you did background, like... I built sets, but I also okay. propped shows. I was prop master when we did a show called A Piece of My Heart, okay. which is a show set in Vietnam. So when I propped that show, you know what I had to do? Go in with steel wool and fuck up a bunch of our props. Yeah. To make them look weathered and aged and like they've been on the battlefield and add dents to stuff. I literally had to go in. You know what I did? We had to have a bunch of flasks for the show. Because it's a very common thing to have, like, a metal flask, you know? Yeah. And I just took a fucking hammer. Bonk! Took steel wool. Scratched it up. Exactly. Just that little extra time and effort to this film would have made a big difference. I And I completely agree with you. Yeah, I mean, like... I feel really bad because it's not something I want to get on because I think that overall this film is very good. Same, I agree with you. But that's just one of my like minor pet peeves for like Mm -hmm. set design because it it takes me out of a movie like pretty badly when I notice it and I noticed it right away and that's always frustrating because it's like it's a lot of work for a movie set. For sure, for sure. Because it's different than like a stage. Yeah, and there's also a lot more individual props you'd have to manage and like getting everything set up properly. It's a whole hassle but I'm just saying like it's just frustrating because it It ruins the effect. Yeah, it ruins the the immersion into the, like, setting, you know? Especially because, like, those are the most intricate shots, like this town, Mm -hmm. and I would have liked to see those look like a real town, because that's that's where we establish our film. Uh, And it's also more frustrating, because the end of the film, that issue's gone, because they've been out in the field, Yeah, and I assume they basically took these clothes off. Probably just rubbed them in the dirt. No, I assume they filmed in the same set of clothes over and over again, and they, like, took them off and put them back on. But the costuming by the end of the film is great. Mm -hmm. Because they did a great job picking out the costumes. They just... They looked ironed. Yeah. Especially at the beginning. Yeah. Everything looks so crisp. Which is like... Maybe that's something you don't pick up on as a first-time director. Yeah. And again, it's harder with the low budget. Because it does take time. Mm -hmm. Like, how long did it take you to do all those props for that show? Uh, Let's see. I think pre-production started four months before the show. And it took me the whole four months. Yeah. You... You can't do stuff like that if you have a time crunch. I think they yeah. shot in like twenty one days or something. Fuck hey, that's crazy. Because you have to go really fast. Because days are a shit ton of money. Yeah. Um, Holy shit. So I I get it. I yeah. don't want to like rip on them too bad, but big pet peeve for me. Fair enough. Um, no, that's a good point. What was yours? Okay. I don't I don't know if you're gonna be mad at me. I don't know if you're gonna be upset. Mm-hmm. I'm always upset at you, but it's that's true. a separate issue. We've been har- harping on about how good we think chicory is and mm-hmm. the dialogue and stuff I do have a problem with it yeah what was it it's too funny like I'm just I'm I'm just being comp- like it it takes me out of it the tone of chicory and his nonsense and all these people wandering around the desert is good but it clashes with scary too much okay in my opinion it's too, makes it feel too light-hearted when at the end of the movie stuff is happening people are you know getting like shot at and like there's stuff like it it makes it so unscary. Okay. I get where you're coming from. I think I have two counter arguments for it. Okay. The first has to do with like where the humor's coming from. Sure. All the humor's coming from Chickory, right? Mm hmm. Who's the comic relief character, obviously. But I think that works for him because he's established as a character that is not self aware of what he's doing. Like, he's not telling jokes. Chicory, for most of the movie, is being very serious. Yeah. He's just not aware that it's funny Mm. to us as an audience. Sure. And what he's saying isn't even funny to the people with him. No. In fact, it's irritating to the people with him. So I don't think it clashes with the environment that he's in. Mm. Like, I think the humor coming from him in this situation makes sense from a story perspective. That's, yeah. As far as tone, though, I do think... Some of the issue with how funny Chicory is during, like, this big, like, essentially exploration sequence when they're traveling to this location where the big kerfuffle is. Yeah. Part of the issue with how funny he is during those segments is that it's just him being funny. Mm-hmm. There is basically no environmental problems that the group runs into besides the fact that uh, Arthur, the husband, the everyman, yeah. is injured. Mm-hmm. And so most of their trip just feels kind of like a funny time. With Chicory. That's what it is. And that's what it is. And there is some issues that happen during that trip. Yeah, there are some problems. But there doesn't feel like there's as much as there should be to balance out. Exactly. that's That was my thing. Those, like... But I... it. How do I put this? The problem, I think, in those sequences isn't the fact that is being funny. I think that there's just too much downtime and not enough action during that travel sequence. Mm-hmm. And I think... That might be because of the money issues. So going back to the fact that they had to take a lot of content out, I think they removed some like stuff that happens during that trip mm. that would have inconvenienced the party. That makes sense. And they just left in chicory talking because that's cheap, and also he does that during the, the walking sequences and the riding sequences. Okay, that makes sense. So I th- I think it's not an issue of tone. I think it's an issue of weight of story, like mm-hmm. story weight, if that makes sense. Sure, yeah. Yeah. I, it's just more of a thing for me of, like, the fact that Chicory is so funny and so interesting takes away from the fact that these troglades are supposed to be these brutal, scary individuals. Yeah, Because it, it feels like there's too much funny and not enough brutality. But I only have that issue during the traveling sequence of this movie. No, same. That's, that's where the, I had the problem. But during the end, I think his brevity is nice. Yeah, it is. Because it, cause it clashes in a way that's fun. <sighs> exactly. And my thing is, I just, I guess what I'm saying is I wanted more of the travel to be sort of a solemn experience. Yeah, but I because then that builds tension and makes that final fight with the troglodytes feel more impactful. Yeah, like it's this hard fought battle at the end of a long war. Yes, and I think if you cut out some of the chick, because I think having chickery be funny is important. Yes. Because it adds a lightness to the movie and adds depth to these characters and allows for them to feel real in a way that I don't think anyone else could really do. But there's too much of it to where it Cheapens the ending for me. Yeah. I, I just think it's because they didn't get enough, like, hardships during the travel sequence. Yeah. Because the travel sequence is long and grueling. It's, mm-hmm. like, most of the film. Oh, yeah. But that's what I want from a film like this. Because it's a Western. That's what the trail was like. It's That's just, what it's supposed to be. It's mostly just riding or walking and mm-hmm. no issues. Like, I'm putting this out here. You know what we didn't see? Huh. Like, any animals. Yeah, we heard some animals. We heard animals. We didn't see them. But you expect to see at least one animal. For sure, for sure. Like a snake? We didn't even see a snake. Well, we... A snake is referenced. <laughs> they do reference a snake. And like we hear a coyote get pretty close. Yeah. But we don't see those things. And th- that's what I mean. There's some, there's some, There should have been some things that were in this sequence that would have mm-hmm. inconvenienced them. Oh, for sure. And I think they got removed, and it messes with the weightiness of the story there. Yeah. yeah. Do you have anything else? Uh, No, I don't think so. I think that's everything I got. Okay. Yeah, kind of short, but there's not a lot to talk about here. Yeah, it's just because, like... We say this a lot. I feel like we say a lot of the same shit sometimes. This month, this movie is a nothing film. Not in a bad way. Not in a bad way. Not a lot of stuff happens. There's not a lot of big story points. Yeah. Which is fine, honestly. Which, it's what you expect from a rescue-style western. Yeah. Like, someone gets kidnapped, they go to rescue them. Mm-hmm. And there's a fight at the end. What makes films like that enjoyable is how they're executed. Mm-hmm. For sure. Because if it was the story, then they'd all be the same. Yeah. Actually, hold on. Oh. I, I thought of one more thing. We didn't talk about it. This movie's so fucking pretty. Yeah. This movie is so the beautiful. The shots are pretty. and I think the cinematography's decent. There wasn't any shots where I was like, wow, that cinematography blows me away. There was one. There was one. Bob's right. There's one where there's a, a downward shot of Kurt Russell holding yeah. a, a, stopwatch. a stopwatch. And the sun's coming in at the right angle. That's a pretty shot. But besides from that, I thought the cinematography was fine, but nothing to write home about. I think it's a pretty movie. What makes this movie pretty is the filming location. Mm-hmm. They film in, I think it's California, from what I could find. Yeah, it's super pretty. They're in the middle of like the wilderness, mm-hmm. tons of, of mountains, of hills, like mountains and hills and lush greenery. It's just a very pretty film for sure. We haven't really talked about the acting. Acting's good. It I like. I liked all the actors. They were did they did a good job. Kurt Russell, honestly, I think Kurt Russell did a really good job. I mean, I just like Kurt Russell. I just like Kurt Russell. I yeah. thought the guy who did chicory was very great. Yeah, same. Because I said this to you during the movie. Mm-hmm. I didn't recognize him at first. Yeah, I don't know what he looks like outside of the movie. You trying to find a picture? I can pull up a picture if you want. But he's played by Richard Jenkins. And for anyone listening to this podcast, they probably know him most famously from Cabin in the Woods. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the balding guy. Let me see if I can pull up a picture of Bob. Okay, from Cabin in the Woods, because that's. How he looks in that movie is, like, how he looks in real life, basically. Oh, okay. They don't have to do any changes um, or anything? Like, he's just dressed up how he is dressed up in real life, but with glasses on. And it's just a very weird fact to see him as Chicory, because Chicory looks very different. It looks like a different guy, right? It looks like a completely different man. Holy shit. Also, is just unhinged in a way that a real person isn't. <laughs> Chicory's a fucking weirdo. So funny. He's so funny. Especially at the beginning, because there's no, like... I guess, weight to the situation that's going oh, on in the beginning? Chickory walks into the sheriff's office. We don't know who he is. He's just a no, bumbling bro. old man. And he's like, is that tea? And the sheriff's like, "No, nah, it's, it's soup. soup. <laughs> but what do you say? Is that tea? It smells awful. It's like, it's soup. And he's like, oh, this is scrumptious. He goes, it tastes like corn. Well, it's a corn chowder. <laughs> All right. Uh, awesome. Do you want to do recommendations? Yeah, how about it, Ben? All right, you want to start? Sure. Uh, Let me see you're a fan of westerns, good western. I think this is a very good western. For a modern western, yeah. For sure. My other recommendation is, if you want a light horror movie, I would call this Horror Light. Okay, caveat on that. Yeah. Horror Light in scariness. In, in scary. gore. In gruesomeness, gruesome movie. There's not a lot of gore, but it's... But what you get to see is pretty bad. Is brutal. Like, cringy bad. Like, that fucking... At the end, bro. Bob just mimed it, so <laughs> you can't hear it. Who's going to spoil it. it? I know, um, but it oh, was cool, right? Like it's yeah, good. No, it's really cool. I just want to say horror light for scariness, but yeah. you need to be prepared for gore, because blood, and guts. There is a There's there a is more gore than one. you would expect from a standard western, even a gritty one. Yeah, for sure, it gets into it. Anything else? Western horror horror light. Yeah, that's it. I don't have any more. Okay, top of my uh, head. No, gonna go with the same one. Western, obviously. If you want a modern western, but one that's going to be playing around with some tropes a little bit, because this isn't simple, it leans no. more towards into like a monster rather than human outlaws in a yeah, way that sure. is very different, and I think that's fun in a way that ties it more to the horror genre. Yes, and if you're really a, a fan of westerns, that's probably very interesting for you to see. Oh yeah, because it's different. Same thing. It's not very scary. Uh, there's some very suspenseful moments. Mm-hmm. Oh um, god, very suspenseful <gasps> moments. I, I was freaking out at one point. But uh, I I will say again, the gore can be a little heavy, so I I, I do give you caution there. Because you could go into this film not being a big fan of horror and be okay. For sure. But maybe not be okay with the gore. Yeah. And uh, the last one I'm going to give, if you like Zoller like, as a writer and you haven't heard of this movie, because he, he writes Western novels. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to go see this. Uh, in fact, I would say... If you're a fan of, like, Western novels, this might be an interesting one. Because my guess, I don't read a lot of Western novels. I don't think I've ever read a Western novel. I don't think I have either. Well, that's not true. I think I read one a long time ago when I was little. But I think the dialogue you get from this movie might be closer to something like that. Makes sense. And, um, yeah, I think that's those are my recommendations. Also, if you're interested in this, I was given heavy, like, Wild West monster vibes from this. Yeah, that's what I would... And I was thinking about, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, Bob plays role-playing games. All the time. But there's a role-playing game called Call of Cthulhu. Oh, yeah. And they have an expansion that's, like, in the Wild West. Yeah, and that's we what I was feeling, it. like, watching this. Same. But those are my recommendations. Getting kind of all time. Do you want to give it a rating? Okay. I'm, I'm in a tough spot here, Ben. Yeah. Because I like this movie. Mm-hmm. It's a very good movie. But... I have complaints. You heard my complaints yeah. already. I've 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 waited them out, and I think I'm going to give this a four and a half. Okay. St- I was stuck between a four and a half and a five. It's not a five. Four and a half. Yeah, it's definitely not five. Because, not to be mean to this movie, but like. Well, I think your only five is The Exorcist? Maybe. I don't remember. Well, I know you gave The Exorcist one. I don't remember if you gave it. Nine. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't know. Uh, we should write those down. <laughs> I have been, actually. No, Go ahead, Bob. Just- anyway. Four and a half, because I, it's cool. It's a spin on a Western I didn't expect, and I like that it feels like a Western. Like, that's good for me. A lot more than the wind. Oh. Although I like the, the setting for the wind. The setting, it, it setting for the wind like is like good, Western. and the setup for that movie is great. My thing with this movie that I like so much is the cast of characters we get is the perfect posse in a Western. Perfect posse. It's the perfect posse. And the way they interact with each other is awesome. And the things that they fight are cool. And the practical effects are awesome. My thing is, I said it already, I think Chicory is too funny and it's not weighted properly between horror and Western. Okay. And then a serious tone and a funny tone. It's too funny, not serious enough sometimes, and it leans too hard to Western and not enough into horror at some points for me. And that's my only really my problems with the movie. Other than that, I really, I really like this movie. It's very fun. All right, I'm gonna give it a four. Okay. So as always, three for me is kind of like it accomplished all it should have. And I think what this movie set out to do, especially because Zoller's gone on record saying he thinks this is a straight western, Mm -hmm. I think what this set out to do was just to be a rescue style western adventure. You know, I think that's what it wanted to be. I think it did that. And it did that. It did that fine, but I think it was able to go the extra mile by choosing such an original spin on a pretty standard, like, villain in mm-hmm, a Western. For sure. Uh, by making them, like, these monstrous kind of, like, cave dwellers. And they're also, like, they look different. Yeah, their costuming's pretty good. Their costuming's really good, but also, they're like, they're inhumanly strong. Yeah, they're not even shown very well, but they're not human. They no. can't be. They're weirdly strong. Weirdly strong, weirdly, like, shaped. And we've mentioned the fact that they have things inserted into their body mm-hmm. in ways that don't make sense for the eighteen nineties yeah. with no medicine. But I think that kind of pushes it to a three point five for me. And then I think it goes even further with just the dialogue. The dialogue it's really so gets good. there. It's um, like genuinely really good. And I we keep talking about Chicory because to be honest, he talks more than every other character in this film combined. Yeah. So we have to like talk about him but the dialogue and the characterization through that dialogue is so well done in this film and I, I I do think that pushes it the extra mile plus the gore effects are really great they're so good basically I think this goes above and beyond what it can be as just a straight up we're gonna go rescue someone yeah however like Bob says I there's some problems with it like this is not a perfect movie hmm. there's my big issue with the costuming and stuff for a film that does so well with it at the end uh, but also with like the gore like, there's attention paid to that stuff. Just to, to fail right off, like, right out of the gate like that. Yeah, it, for sure. It takes away a lot in a way that's very frustrating. But, like, the more I think about this movie, the more that I I think that it feels like stuff was removed from the film that should have been in there. And yeah. I think that causes some problems with it. Not, like, big problems. Like, it doesn't ruin the film. Honestly, if they had extended this by, like, how was this, two hours and 12 or something? Two hours super thirteen. super long. If they had extended it to two and a half, and given us that extra 15 or so minutes interspersed throughout yeah. the travel sequence maybe it yeah. could have been better I think I think there's just some stuff missing that would have fixed some of the weight of like the tones issues mm-hmm. that Bob has and I can see where he's coming from I just I think there's some stuff missing and I it's no fault of the director he was doing this on a very low budget and I know oh, yeah, it's sure. because of budget reasons but I it's mean, preventing it from getting that 4.5 for sure for me yeah I I think for me at least like I see where having a low budget could infringe upon uh, the amount of stuff you can do with it. And I think filling that space with dialogue is a good idea because oh, it's cheap. Yeah, I want to say this right now. He stretched that budget amazingly well. Like, we're talking about how, oh, it's so sad he doesn't have a lot. But he did a great job with what he had. For sure. Just shooting alone should have cost more than the money he spent. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Props there. I think this is a very, very good movie for, A, a first-time director. And B, with the amount of money. He and like that's the other issue it. we haven't talked about. It's a first-time director. I don't expect everything to be perfect. So the fact no. that he got, like, a 4 out of me yeah. a 4.5 out of you, that's pretty great. I mean, yeah. I've given movies worse. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that's true. I've, we've definitely seen some worse movies on this show. Yeah, like Night of the Lepus. So, shut up. Quit referencing that good movie. It's so bad. It's a fucking Objectively, movie. Objectively. It's fun. An incredible movie. All right. That's all I got. Are we done, so, Ben? Yeah, we're going to go to the outtakes right now. There may or may not be a lot of them. I tagged a lot of stuff because we were laughing the whole time yeah. and just talking, but we'll see what you guys get. Yeah, I'll trim it down. I think it came out to like 28 individual marks in the throughout the episode. Yeah, so uh, there's quite a few. All right, but we'll be back in a minute. Yeah, we'll see you guys in a bit. Hello everybody, welcome to this outtake section for this episode of Beware the Board. I hope you're enjoying our review of Bone Tomahawk so far. I think it's a really cool, fun movie, but I'm going to start leading in with this one. The outtake section is usually full of spoilers, so if you do not want any spoilers, please skip to an hour, two minutes, and five seconds immediately. But without further ado, let's get into the first outtake. This next clip is Ben and I reacting to seeing David Arquette for the first time during the cold open. You know what's really cool about this movie, Ben? What? It's two hours and 12 minutes long. That's cool. But I'm so excited because this feels like, oh, oh, oh my God. What is happening? Is that, what? oh, is he cutting that guy's, why is it so crunchy sounding? It's David Arquette. Oh, it is David Arquette. This next outtake is Ben and I's reaction to the end of the cold open. Why are you shooting? Didn't you just say? He's been hit by an arrow. Right in the neck. Oh. Oh. Oh, he's getting fucked up. But he just got eviscerated. God damn. This next clip is Ben and I reacting to meeting Chicory for the very first time. That's Kurt Russell. Yeah, he, okay, so this is the guy I saw in the intro. Or not the intro, in the, uh, in the, uh, the picture. That tea smells gruesome. It smells gruesome. <laughs> soup. That's why. That's why it smells gruesome. <laughs> well, you <he's laughs> just walking someone' someone's house asking for soup? No, but he just started with, it smells horrible. Bad, bad, so- Can I have some soup? It smells bad. It smells bad. <laughs> <laughs> Let me have some of your soup. He thought it was tea. It is in a kettle. I'll give him that. Fair enough. This next clip is Ben and I reacting to learning what Bruder's horse is called and also what he has trained it in. <laughs> His horse's name is Saucy. You trained her in bigotry. <laughs> Oh, my lord. That was good. That was incredibly funny. Saucy resisted. Saucy the horse trained in bigotry. It resisted. This next clip is Ben and I's reaction to learning what happened to David Arquette after he was taken. (laughs) What was that noise? (laughs) (laughs) Bob, aren't Mm, you so happy it's cannibals? You thought you were free. They ate David Arquette. You thought there wouldn't be a cannibal movie until we got cannibals. Lo and behold. I'm pretty sure this is one of the first ideas I pitched when it came to Wild Wild West films, by the way. Well, yeah, it's kind of obvious. Yeah. Except it wasn't the first thing you guessed. Nope. This next clip is Ben and I's reaction to Nick's fate in the caves. This is fun. Are they scalping him? him? Yep. That's so fucked up. That has to fucking hurt. So are That's they why he's screaming? Oh, they're shoving his own scalp in his face. No, that was. They're shoving it in his mouth, like that bone. That's what I. Mm hmm. That wasn't his scalp. They shoved his scalp in his mouth and then shoved. Oh my god, they're taking it. They're chopping him in half. Oh, they're just gonna rip him. They're just gonna rip him in half. They're just gonna rip him Oh Oh my god. Oh they're gonna split him. God damn that Among was gross themselves. Hi everybody, welcome back. I hope you enjoyed the outtakes. <sighs> another one down, Ben. Yeah, another one down. Do we have any announcements? No. No announcements this week. Nice. Come check us out next week. Yeah, we'll be back next week. Every Friday we put an episode. Yep. Or Monday, Thursday if there's extras. Yeah. It hasn't been for or a while. Saturdays. Or Saturdays or whenever days. You know, if you wanna know when we put an episode, check us out on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter at Beware the Board. It's where I post updates about the show. Every time an episode goes live, I post it on our Twitter. Every Monday, I post a spoiler post for whatever, you know, episodes we put out that week. So basically, it'll just be a photo of the movie cover. You can reveal it if you want so that you can watch it beforehand so you get no spoilers. And you know what we're talking about when we're watching the movie. Yeah, Yeah. check us out on Twitter. I post updates about the show there all the time. You can also uh, check us out wherever you get your podcasts, whether that be Spotify or Apple. Uh, We're also on YouTube. We've been there since the beginning. Maybe you want to watch it there for some reason. That's also a good place to communicate with us. There's Twitter. You can text Bob directly there. But you can comment in our Twitter section. Uh, not our Twitter section. Our YouTube comment section. Uh, you can also like, comment, and subscribe if you want to help us out, you know, and be like our little assistant deputies. <laughs> you can be our chicories. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's all I got today. Oh, Lord. Oh, what? A- you know what? I'm... I know we usually save conversations for during the podcast. I'm in a conversation now. That was a much better Western film than the first one we watched. Yeah, but the first one we watched was... Something else. It was, well, the execution. It just failed at the end. Yeah. This one yeah. was fine overall. You know? Fine. All right. Well, until next time. I guess we'll see you next week, everybody.